Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 143 of the Social Liability Podcast, the podcast where we discuss those folks in our lives that violate the social contracts that we all agree to live by. I am your host, The Raz, with my co-host, The Buck, bringing you new and interesting stories from the far reaches of the interwebs. Buck, how you been this week, buddy? Uh, you know what? Uh, a little rocky, actually. A little rocky. Go on. Um, Yeah, about two days ago, our well went out like, no, the like, pump, like no water none none so, now see you know and and this lasted for about 30 hours that that my house and the neighbor's house below us and the trailer about you know, 100 feet away the three houses on this property that my landlord owns were all out of water and um I got to say, as terribly inconvenient as it was, it was kind of nice to be at the top of the pecking order. <laughs> because, you know, I don't need a bathroom at all. Like, caregiver Katie has to help me with, you know, with, you know, taking a dump, which is unfortunate, but I am that disabled now. So I don't sit on a toilet for that. And, uh, my bladder's in a bag. So not having a flushing toilet for me, it was just like, well, whatever. And we have a water cooler, like one of those, uh, like, you know, water dispenser things with a five gallon jug. So we had man stuff. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, so it's not like I drink out of the tap. So I was just kind of sitting here. I was like, Oh man, it's a, it would be a real bummer if I had to, and I'm just sitting there, I'm like, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? So was it the pump so, or was it the pump or did your water did your well go dry? No, the it was the pump. But see, it, it man, it was it was a real fuckaloo, man. It was a real fuckaloo. My neighbor, who's a landscaper, had to go out there and clear land to get to the well. Like cut down trees with a freaking chainsaw. Like, get the shit ready to be able to go out there because the well people had to come in and dig out the pump from 300 feet down to go and fix whatever whatever was broken on it. Wow. And, you know, like, they, and this is, this is why I told caregiver Katie a long time ago. I was like, I don't want to be a homeowner. I like, and this, like, I'm handicapped as, 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 good as I was at fixing certain things back in the day, I can't fucking do that anymore. And although caregiver Katie does have quite a bit of mechanical aptitude, she certainly doesn't have the extra time to be finger fucking a sink. You know, like we just like, that's why like, I'm sorry. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) You know, it's like, that's my whole, and I handled the whole thing, actually, on my end. I handled the whole thing. You know, it was great. I felt like a true champ. I fixed it with just one phone call to my landlord. Truly, you are the next great American hero. That's, that's what I'm saying. But see, in the in, in the arena of handicapped people, you got to realize, man, that's like a triple Lindy. Like... I saved the freaking day. 
But Buck, let's get into our stories here. We got the first one from thedrive.com. Wendy's employee sabotages railroad crossing just to have a slow shift. Okay. A Wendy's employee in Pennsylvania has been arrested for sabotaging railroad equipment, according to police. He did it in hopes of causing a malfunction that would activate the crossing guards, resulting in a traffic disruption, therefore a slow shift. A local 34-year-old man was accused of interfering with the sensors along the Reading and Northern, according to the WFMZ. Railroad police say that at 6.58 p.m. on Wednesday, August 26th, it doesn't say Wednesday. I don't know why I said that. A surveillance camera captured an individual tampering with railroad equipment by installing what was reported to be a shunt, which sends signals to the crossing gate. This, should, this would act, be activated. The gate blocking traffic, which the device's, would be, bah, the device's presence would have not been detectable to the railroad dispatchers, according to the Tilden Township Police. According to trains, the suspect was identified by his co-workers who recognized his restaurant uniform. Since his arrest, he has reportedly identified an accomplice who dropped him off at the railroad crossing as well. During the interview, they told us that their interactions were that if the gates could malfunction, they would somehow block traffic and that would prevent people from going to Wendy's and they could have a slow night at work. Oh, my God. According to the University uh, Rail Center, however, shunts are designed to send false positives of crossing gates rather than false negatives, which would have activated the crossing gates instead of disabling them. The man was reportedly has been charged with causing or risking a catastrophe, a criminal mischief, and reckless endangerment. The incident remains under investigation by the township and railroad police, as well as the Federal Bureau of Investigations. They are seeking a search warrant for his phone for evidence of an ulterior motive. I mean, I, I can imagine if I, was, if I was working in that type of job, I'd want a slow night too, but I don't know if I'd fuck with a train. <laughs> There's just... Oh my God. <laughs> Why? I mean... I, I, I'm 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 mad that um, someone egged my house, so I'm going to set it on fire. <laughs> I mean, there, there's there's a there's a problem, and then there is a catastrophic solution. <laughs> no, man. You know this is this is an example of somebody who's a great planner. Like I bet you they were the boss at Mousetrap when they were a kid, because. They've got all the pieces, the puzzles that they just put into place. They're like, I got a goal. How am I going to do it? And they're like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to slow down the train. It should be easy. Should be. You know, they do, <laughs> they, they, they do like a quick Google search. And then are all the, all of a sudden, like one of the masters of the longshoremen, you know, like completely just a train whiz. And they go out there and they try to do this shit without actually knowing what they're doing. You know, like there would be there would be a lot to say if they knew what they were doing and they, you know, like, no, there wouldn't even be a lot to say. Like, what the fuck, man? You just want to slow night at work and you're actually going to go through like the Rube Goldberg fucking machine of fucking stopping the train just to slow down traffic so you have a slow night at work. I mean, why didn't you just call the fuck off? <laughs> I mean, 
in those type of jobs. Like, seriously? Yeah, no, you're absolutely fucking right. They put more effort into getting the fucking train gates to come down than they would have just make a phone call and say, (laughs) I've got the road I mean, (laughs) you know, I know that you and the guy who, who works the fry cook, you know, machine next to you, the fryer, have a great time smoking weed out by the fucking dumpster. And that's really why you want a slow night at work. Like, I know this. Okay, I know this. I've wanted slow nights at work, too. I really have. But I've never been willing to slow down a train. And you know where we worked, Raz? There was a fucking train track right there. But it wouldn't have slowed down traffic. I mean, like, people are in jail. You know, but either way, the fact of the matter is this. I wouldn't have fucked with the train. You know, I would have called off. I would have called off. Simple as that. Just call in. Well, boom, our, boom, boom. Well, our our next story comes from uh, McAllisterNews.com. Uh, former EOSC instructor charged after investigators find drugs, guns, and a human jawbone. A former Eastern Oklahoma State College instructor has been charged with several crimes after investigators found cocaine, marijuana, and a human jawbone in his apartment on campus. Uh, Brian Denny, 44, of Wilberton, was charged with distribution of a controlled substance, including possession of intent, unlawful removal of a dead body, possession of a firearm while committing a felony, and possession of marijuana, according to documents filed by the Choctaw Nation District Court. Records show that Denny was released from Lattimore County Jail after posting a $20,000 bond. Uh, And a representative said Denny is no longer employed as a criminal justice instructor at the college as of September 5th. Uh, Denny served as campus police department as an auxiliary investigator and previously served as the uh, police chief and dean of student life during his employment at the college. (laughs) Certainly jumped into that one. Uh, The police chief Alton Jones stated in a probable cause affidavit that college employees contacted him after conducting routine safety inspections of all student and residential apartments on campus. The affidavit states that college employees knocked on Denny's door several times before entering the residence. The report says Denny began displaying nervous behavior after being told of the routine inspection, went into the living room, and grabbed a box of marijuana rolling tray and placed the items in a bathroom drawer. Drones wrote that, uh, I lost my place here, that he knew Denny was a tribal citizen and contacted Choctaw Nation prosecutors. He told Jones to move forward with a search warrant that the Choctaw Nation District Judge Richard Branneman uh, later approved. Officers from the EOSC, Wilberton, and the Choctaw Nation conducted the search warrant on Denny's residence, where they found marijuana and paraphernalia in the living room and four small bags containing that which field tested positive for cocaine. Denny was placed under arrest for, for cocaine possession and transport to the Latimer County Jail. Uh, officers also found a black, hard plastic carrying case on the top shelf uh, of the laundry closet, which contained what appeared to be a human jawbone with five decayed teeth. Denny declined to speak with investigators without counsel when he was asked about the artifact. Denny's attorney from McAllister-based Wagner and Lynch law firm posted a press release stating that her client is a target of retaliation campaign by former friends and members of law enforcement. Okay. (laughs) The law firm said uh, tribal prosecutors described, I'm sorry, decided to join in the 
uh, campaign to destroy a good man's reputation by filing charges they know are unprovable. Denny's attorney said their client was given the artifact that rested next to another artifact, an arrowhead, that had been passed down to him by a family member. These artifacts were kept away uh, and not left on display by Mr. Denny. According to the affidavit, Choctaw Nation District Court Judge Amy Pierce granted a new search warrant for the uh, stolen property and desecration of human remains. No other items were found in the home, but officers collected three firearms that were in the residence. A preliminary hearing is scheduled for 9 a.m. on October 19th at the Choctaw Nation Courthouse in Tallahanna. Uh, you're screwed, buddy. <laughs> you are absolutely wow. screwed. So, um... The Choctaws don't, uh, if they don't prosecute very often, they don't prosecute nearly as often as uh, as a regular court. Uh, so if they take the time to prosecute, because they can only prosecute on federal charges, um, they're they're gonna go after you hard. And in in Oklahoma, uh, marijuana is uh, medically legal uh, and, and decriminalized recreational. Uh, you can't buy it without a medical card, but you can. Uh, if police find you under a certain amount, they just they just take it and give you a ticket. That's it. Um, the Choctaws, on the other hand, they don't recognize that at all. <laughs> they, uh, the Choctaw Nation is they don't like they'll invest in anything for for a tribal member. Uh, if you're a tribal member and you go to um, the council and say, I'd like money to start this business, they're like, well, how much would you like? Um, but when it comes to, I want to open a dispensary, they're like, no, absolutely not. Won't even discuss it. They don't, they don't deal with marijuana. They don't deal with drugs at all. So if, they're, if the Choctaw Nation is prosecuting a drug charge, you're screwed, buddy. And then the fact that they desecrated human remains, which I'm assuming... I'm assuming I'm not. I mean, it's nothing saying the article, but they probably are Native American in origin, <laughs> so they are going to bend him over with a cactus. Oh wow! 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 Yeah, I don't even. I I, I don't even have anything to say about this one, man. I o- mean, o- like, o- I, I... Oklahoma's got a big problem in that. If uh, a local police department pulls somebody over and they're on the Dawes rolls and they have tribal membership, uh, they actually have to call a uh, Choctaw or uh, Creek Nation. or We have a bunch of reservations around that area. So they, it depends on what much they have to call a police officer from the tribe to come and deal with the situation. And since they can only be tried in federal court, uh, it's overtaxed the system since uh, the McGirt ruling came out a number of oh, I guess over a little over a year ago now, I guess, uh, that said that, you know, they are a reservation. So they have the, the, their own courts and everything, but since it has to go through federal court, it, it's completely overtaxed. So they are very reluctant to do prosecutions unless it's something that, A, they know they're going to win, and B, it is something that's really a crime against a tribal interest or member so uh, if a local police officer pulls over a tribal member and they uh well let's, let's screw let's take let's take it out of the scenario I'll, I'll deal with one i actually know about uh, a tribal member breaking into a government facility and stealing catalytic converters was not prosecuted because they were a tribal member and the tribe did not see it as worth prosecuting 
Wow. So the fact that the tribe's involved, dude, you're fucked. <laughs> wow. I mean, holy shit. And now, is is he uh, a tribal member? This fellow that we're talking about? Yes. Yeah, they said he was. Okay. He said he was Choctaw. So, uh, if you remember the Choctaw Nation, that's that's the biggest um, reservation in Oklahoma. Uh, and they, 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 I would probably say, without looking at some actual numbers, that they're the the most um, well off. Let's put it to you that way. And they don't. They they take care of their own. So if they're prosecuting, they're they're pissed. Yeah, that's that's why I was asking. Like, if they're gonna t- if they're gonna scan it this far for for a fellow tribal member, like they're they're gonna get him. He's he's got. Yeah, like yeah. That's, <laughs> you done you that's done you done, he, you done got got boy. <laughs> like he has got. Yeah. Oh man, like. It, the fact that he was also the, the campus police chief at one point just makes it all that better. And then dean of student life. Well, he sure jumped headfirst into that one. But, but, well, I mean, like, if he, does, if he does get off, he will have very interesting firsthand experience from both sides of the spectrum. I guess so. Our, yeah, next, our no. next story comes from KY3.com. It's KY3, the place to be. Got to be a radio station again. A uh, man accused of stealing TVs from Walmart and selling them in the parking lot. <laughs> I, I like this guy already. Uh, this happened in Knoxville, Tennessee. A man in Tennessee is accused of stealing TVs from Walmart and selling them in the parking lot of the same store. Officers responded to the Walmart in Knoxville around 9 p.m. Saturday and found Donald Kirkland in possession of stolen items. Police say that Kirkland ran from officers but was eventually taken into custody. Kirkland told officers he had stolen three TVs, a karaoke machine, and camping equipment from the retail store and was selling the items in a parking lot. <laughs> a Walmart manager corroborated the story, telling officers that he had seen Kirkland loading one of the televisions into a cart in the store. Kirkland was charged with theft of merchandise. But the freaking cojones just to sell them in the parking lot of the Walmart, I think, is what makes this great. You know, yeah. I used to work for a company and people would ask me, you know, what do you do for a living? And I'd tell them I was a professional shoplifter. So what I would do is uh, the company I worked for, we would go into uh, two different scenarios. One, we would go get hired by a store. Uh, the only people that really knew who we were were like the district and regional managers. Like the, the, the store managers had no idea who we were. Uh, we just knew how to get hired. They, they'd teach us how to get past the hiring process because it was all at corporate stores. So we would go in there, get hired, and we'd work for six to nine weeks and, and, and root out where all the theft and shrink was going on and, and then come in and clean up the stores. But there was another scenario we had where uh, high store, like high-end box stores would con- we'd contract with us to, uh, to teach loss prevention. So one of the things we would do is we would start on a Friday and we'd spend Friday, Saturday, and most of Sunday shoplifting. Uh, there'd be at least two of us and we would just tag team going in and out of the store, just robbing the joint blind. And we would, we would end up with carts of just everything. And we would, we would start out small. And by Sunday afternoon, we were being so brazen. It was ridiculous. And then on Monday morning, they'd have a meeting scheduled and we'd come walking in, tell them that how easy it is to shoplift here. Uh, Inevitably, if you goaded people enough, 
you'd get the one person to pipe up that know that they know what they're doing and they stop shoplifters, blah, blah, blah. And then we'd wheel in the carts and we'd start bringing in the Walmart carts. Okay. I just said one of the clients, uh, we start bringing in the carts <laughs> and showing everything that we stole. Uh, and, and back at the time, acetaminophen was huge. Uh, so we would get bags. We we completely wipe out the stock of acetaminophen. Uh, Bic razors, that was a big one. I'm sorry, not Bic. Mach 3. Mach 3 razors. Just getting the blades. Um, but we would work our way up through that. And eventually, by the end of the Sunday, we were stealing big screen TVs. <laughs> but I would never... You know, it, it, when I tell people, like, well, how the hell do you steal a TV? You walk back with a cart... You put it in the cart and you walk out the front door. It was the easiest thing in the world. No one ever, ever confronted. Uh, it, was, it was incredibly easy. I mean, incredibly easy to steal from these stores. Uh, and they thought we were like, you know, the, the, the Italian job here because we were, all the stuff we took. But it really, it was not hard. But I would never have thought of just sticking around and trying to have have a yard sale in the parking lot of the store I just yeah, robbed. Like, like like your own personal tailgate party. It's like, so like I can just see someone walking up to the, I really wanted a 45-inch TV. Wait right here, sir. Let me check the back room. And he walks into the store. Yeah. I mean, it's what it sounds like. Now, what's the biggest thing or the biggest thing, like the biggest monetary item or whatever that you ever stole while shoplifting uh computers computers were a big thing um they didn't happen very often and they were a little bit more difficult uh because most of the time they're stuck behind a uh a locked cabinet so if you could find a cabinet left unlocked or you'd tag team i don't really want to give a clinic on how to do this but it took two people and doing a little bit of social manipulation uh, but if you wanted to get something really big and easy, uh, KitchenAid stand mixers, that was an easy one. Uh, they were heavy as hell. Uh, and, you know, but you could, who, who who's going to think the the young white guy is going to steal a stand mixer? But, you know, if you look it up, a KitchenAid stand mixer, even a used one goes for a couple hundred bucks. So those were easy. Yeah. Uh, televisions were always a gimme. Um, and, and grills. I like stealing grills and lawnmowers. <laughs> Those were simple as well. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think uh, the KitchenAid stand mixers were like the go-to just to sh- just to, to show how much money we could actually cost a uh, a facility in, in in that short period of time. Hmm. Fun stuff, right? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Buck, we're back, and, and you know, we we had an interesting discussion off off. I won't say off camera, but you know, um, like what, what's the most interesting thing that Buck could steal anything you wanted. Uh, we both know an individual whose brother was, uh, in a wheelchair and he, that's what he actually did for a living. Quote unquote, was he was a shoplifter. That's what he did. And he just, he would just go down. Is that really what he did? He went in and loaded his fucking wheelchair up and out he went and he sold it at flea markets. Uh, that's what he did. Uh, there. So, uh, and and that's the thing too. Like nobody really wants to screw with the cripple guy. Uh, we've we've told this story several times, but in case anyone's not heard it, uh, we 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 both worked in a prison at one point in our lives, and there was an individual in there who was in a wheelchair, 
He was on work release. And nobody ever did a thorough search of this guy. <laughs> they just, they were so, they just, it was so awkward. And I think it was you. Are you the one that found it? Nope, that was, it was Gus. Gus found it. Okay. Gus was an asshole. Um, I'll call him that to his face. He was an asshole. And, but in this case, it worked out because he made the guy get out of his chair. And it turns out he had replaced the cushion in his chair like all the, the the batting and everything that should have been the cushion, he replaced it all with tobacco. It was a giant, like the biggest cigarette you've ever seen in your life. Uh, because who, no one ever searched the cripple guy. So yeah, no. If you if you wanted to become a, a shoplifter, Buck, I mean, you, you would be very prolific at it. Well, I mean, it's nice to put. It's nice to always have that arrow in my quiver. I guess. I guess if that's the way you want to put it. <laughs> well, but, well, I mean, you know, you got to have a hustle. So this next story is coming from corrections1.com since we're talking about prisons. Deceased Oklahoma inmate was suing over baby shark claim. Yes, indeed. We covered this. <laughs> well, we covered no, it when it first not, happened. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, this, is this the same guy? It, 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 it probably is. This did happen back in 2019, but the, the gentleman has passed away. Uh, an Oklahoma County inmate was found dead in his jail cell over the weekend as a plaintiff in the lawsuit against the alleged uh, against the county alleged that in 2019 he and other inmates were tortured by jail employees who forced them to reportedly listen to the song "Baby Shark" for hours. Uh, John Basco, 48, was found unresponsive in his cell early on Sunday morning. Oklahoma County Detention Center officials say in a news release he was pronounced dead after jail workers began life-saving efforts. Bosco's death is the 14th this year at that jail, holy shit, which has faced criticism over inmate deaths, escapes, and other incidents. Jail spokesman Mark something or other, O'Grande, Ope Grande, Ope Grande, there we go, said there was no obvious signs of foul play and that investigators will look into the possibility of a drug overdose. The state medical examiner's office will determine the cause of death. Vasco was booked into the jail Thursday on drug trafficking complaint and was among a group of inmates suing the county and federal court for allegedly being handcuffed to a wall and forced to listen to the song Baby Shark on repeat for hours during separate incidents in 2019. A jail lieutenant retired, and two detention officers were fired in connection with the incident, and all three faced misdemeanor charges. Bosco's attorney, Cameron Spalding, told the Oklahoman that he found the circumstances surrounding Bosco's death disturbing and called for the preservation of all evidence at the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation probe of it unf- as the probe unfolds. Uh, it really bothers me that one of the baby shark victims is conveniently dead within three days of his arrival at the jail. How does this happen? District Attorney David uh, Prater just lost one of the, his witnesses for the upcoming criminal trial. For me, that does not pass the smell test. Oklahoma prison records show that Bosco had a long history of criminal convictions in Oklahoma County, dating back to the mid-1990s, mostly for drug, property, and firearms charges. He is sentenced to 10 years in prison for a second-degree drug conviction in 2000 and was released in 20, I'm sorry, 2007, records show. So, yeah, we, we did cover this when it first happened that the lawsuit was coming out. Uh, but now, apparently, one of the witnesses has been got dead. And I, I agree with the attorney. It, it doesn't really pass the smell test too much. But, I mean, it, it, it does happen. 
It doesn't necessarily mean it was foul play, but it'd be interesting to see what the coroner's report actually says when it comes out. Yeah, I I kind of agree with that. And 14 deaths in a year? That is insane! That is insane! Like, like man, I don't even think the cut has that many. We were in a facility for, what, seven years? Um, now, granted, I was five and two, but, you know, whatever. Um I think we had one death. No, yeah, two, 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 two. Because one, one, one died on me. Go on. I don't remember that. He had a heart attack in uh, in the minimum security unit. I don't remember. Died that on one. his bunk. Yeah, the nurses. Uh, the nurses came in and stuck his finger. Thought he thought it was a diabetic thing. And uh, the guy two quads down was a doctor who got <laughs> he got busted for selling pain meds, and he was a doctor like a, like MD, and he's sitting there yelling over the over the over the quad wall. He's like, "It's not diabetes, you idiot! He's having a fucking heart attack." And uh, and nobody would even let him like come over and help. He's like. I can help him. I can help him. And they're like, you stay in your quad. You stay in your quad. It was, it was, it was really, it was really rowdy. Yeah. See that? It was. It, the funny thing is the same thing happened. The same idiot nurses. And I'm going to call them idiots because they were. Uh, that, that There was a CO that I come across that was having a heart attack. And they're like, well, get him some apple. Get him some orange juice. He's diabetic. This is not a fucking diabetic. This is a heart attack this is cardiac arrest and i got the whole uh you know i went to nursing school blah 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 and i was like yeah and i'm an emt and i still know more than you because you work in a fucking prison okay there's a hierarchy to nurses there is there there's there's hospital they weren't even rns they weren't even rns no they were they were lpns they were lpns there so this is the hierarchy there is hospital nurse there is nursing home nurse there is home health aid, and then there is prison nurse. You're at the bottom, motherfucker. <laughs> don't 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 pretend like you paid attention in nursing school, or else you wouldn't be working here. <laughs> you know what, though, they did give some irresponsibly effective cold cocktails, though. I gotta say that you were you still had the cold. You were just drunk. You know what though? I rem- I remember probably about four months ago I went into my primary care physician because I had COVID. I didn't go in. I had a video conference call with her. I got diagnosed with COVID. And uh and uh my doctor was like, Okay, you gotta take your antivirals. I was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll do that. And she's like, But for the symptoms, I was like, Don't worry about the symptoms, I'm just gonna take my cold cocktail. <laughs> she's like, the what? I was like, the cold cocktail. She's like, what's the cold cocktail? I was like, it's four ibuprofen, two extra strength Tylenol, a Sudafed, an antihistamine, and, uh, and you know, a nice healthy glass of water. And she, she my primary care physician was like, you're not, not going to have a liver. How, <laughs> she's like, where did you learn that? I was like, prison. <laughs> <laughs> but you, please tell me you explained. After after the gasp, 
That's my favorite part. People are like, where'd you learn that? And that's for a lot of shit, too. They're like, how'd you learn how to make ramen noodles like that? Like prison. <laughs> and, and then they're like, Pah. I'm like, yeah, I worked there for seven years. You know, the best was on car test drives. Like when I'd be test driving a car with a customer and I sold cars, they'd be like, oh, what'd you do before you sold cars? So I was like, yeah, I was in jail. <laughs> seven years. I was in prison for seven years. <laughs> Like you're out driving on the highway, you've got like an 80 year old woman in the passenger seat and her husband behind you, and they're they're just like you're in the south, and they got like these nice accents that are like, oh, what did you do before you so started selling cars? I'm like, I was in prison for seven years, and then there's like, there, you can hear the old people bones, like <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> like their heads turn they're like <laughs> and they're like yeah I was in prison for seven years and they're like what, what awkward you, silence what'd you do like, what'd you, what'd you do I was like yeah I was like, I'm like yeah I was a corrections officer and a hostage negotiator they're like oh they just get like the, the sigh of relief <laughs> You're like, you're looking at the back seat, you look at the guy, you're like, man, I need to take this to detail when we're done. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right. It was the best. Yeah, it can be. Our next story comes from NBC2. Homeless man pulls knife on woman. She brings out her machete. <laughs> Girl, oh, man. Where did this happen, Buck? Take a guess. Uh, tell me it happened in Australia. No, it happened in Florida. Fort Myers Beach, Florida. The Lee County Sheriff's Office arrested a homeless man who verbally assaulted a woman before pulling a knife on her. The victim said she was trying to sleep near a bus stop on Fort Myers Beach on Tuesday night when Demetrius Gladen would wake her up and began verbally accosting her. The two began to argue. Gladen pulled out a sizable fixed blade knife and continued to threaten the woman. In self-defense, the victim would grab her machete, but she quickly discarded the weapon and walked away from Gladen. Deputies arrived on scene where they were able to retrieve both weapons. Gladen was arrested and faces charges of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. <laughs> That's not a knife. <laughs> I used to. Ha- That's not. I used to have oh, that on man. the soundboard. I wish I had. I wish I could. St- I should have. I should have put it back on the soundboard before we started. <laughs> That's not a knife. This, this is, is a knife. knife. That's not a knife. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Oh, jeez. You know, you know what? I actually read this article before I sent it to you, trying trying to vet it out, and uh, I was kind of hoping you'd pick it because I have a theory. You know, because after I read it, and now after hearing it, she pulled out her machete. And then quickly discarded it and walked away. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? You're, you're clearly being assaulted by a man with a knife. Self-defense is going to stick. Like if somebody comes up on the scene and they see you wielding a machete versus his fixed blade knife, all you got to do is just play the he, he attacked me card. Yeah, but that's the like, thing. When you have the, the bigger knife, <laughs> they're, they're going to think but, you're the aggressor. Yeah, but they but see, my hypothesis is that that machete 
might be evidence for something else. <laughs> yeah. You know she pulled I mean? it out and she's wait a like, minute. <laughs> she pulled it out. She's like, oh, yeah, I'll show you, mother. Oh, wait. I showed the last guy, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, know, you can only sh you can only show him once <laughs> yeah and i mean like she's taking a nap somewhere people are people might be thinking oh no no, no. she used that before she would have got rid of it i don't know man she's taking a nap at a bus stop and homeless people are pretty uh, unlikely to give up yeah. anything yeah i mean like you know as a matter of fact a you know, you know what? couple lysol wipes man couple lysol wipes and that machete's good as new Fuck before maybe as we were filming or yeah, filming taping earlier during the first half of the show, there is a homeless guy who likes to walk through my neighborhood and I, I know it's him because he's always got a backpack that's completely stuffed and sticking out of the backpack really tall is a big, uh, Oh, what's that sport that the girls play in high school? That looks like field hockey. Yes. He's got a big field hockey stick. looks like a big ass shillelagh sticking out of the top of his backpack. <laughs> he's never going to give up that field hockey stick. I'll tell you what, man. Don't joke around about field hockey because those girls, they play in they play in skirts, which I think is just stupid. Like I think that makes the sport stupid. I really do. If it weren't for the damn skirts, I'd look at that shit like I do lacrosse, man. Like those girls should be wearing fucking helmets. Bro. Those sticks, you don't you don't fuck around with a with a field hockey. No, stick, that's a, that's man. a goddamn shillelagh. And now, That's what I'm saying, dude. In like, those girls, dude, they in, run around in fucking skirts. Like, what the fuck is that? I'm sorry, dude. I no, just no, can't fine. get over that. In high school, there was a, a boy that said, I want to be on the field hockey team. And they, they let him. But, and they decided to be a smartass and say, well, here's the uniform. And he's like, fuck it. <laughs> he wore the goddamn skirt. He didn't give a shit. I was like, this dude's awesome. I would, too. This dude's awesome. I would. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. That's the best, best ploy ever. I bet you that boy was the Who Manor Chief. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I bet you he was, be honest. He, that, 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 he, got, he got more pussy than the SPCA, man. Oh, man. God. Okay, Buck. That's what, that's what they called him. So we have another story. One more story. This comes from Riverfront Times. This story, we don't usually do mainstream stuff. We just don't. Uh, but this has been all over the news. And it started out as, oh, that's mildly interesting. And it has slowly gained traction. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> so Riverfront Times is reporting Player at St. Louis Chess Cup accused of using anal beads to cheat. Yes, indeedy. For the past week... I was so hoping. I was so hoping. I was praying that you put this one in the fray. Oh, of course oh, I was. Please. Oh, my God. I read over this, too. Oh, my God. This is just so disturbing. And it's real. And it's real. It is Go real. ahead, man. For the past week, chess enthusiasts around the world have been looking into the St. Louis's direction with raised eyebrows after accusations of cheating rocked a tournament at the St. Louis Chess Club. Elon Musk has even weighed in on the situation, supporting an idea that anal beads were used to facilitate cheating. <laughs> the matching question happened on September 4th during the 
I, I can't pronounce it. Sinkufield? Uh, Sinkufield Cup. One of the longest-running chess tournaments in the United States. It's in its final leg of the Grand Chess Tour and features some of the world's best chess players as well as a $350,000 total prize fund. In round three of the cup, Magnus Carlsen, 31, a chess grandmaster from Norway, played against Hans Niemann, 19, a chess prodigy originally from San Francisco. Carlsen and a five-time grand champion and one of the greatest chess players in the world. He's been playing. He's been a chess phenom since he was 13, and there is even a documentary about him titled Magnus that found a general audience just beyond chess players. Uh, Neiman was also a grandmaster, though according to WorldChess.com, Neiman was the lowest-rated player at the tournament. Neiman has beaten Carlson before in an online tournament in Miami, where he famously said, "The chess speaks for itself." In a, <laughs> at his victory interview. He went on to lose two out of the next three games to Carlson and ended the event with zero points. So it was it shocked the chess world when Neiman beat Carlson in St. Louis. Vice called this an upset for the ages. Carlson has played 53 classical matches without a loss. Uh, the matches, sorry, the the matches where he previously lost to Neiman were non-classical matches, and Carlson was playing white, which has a strategic statistical advantage over black since white moves first in chess. In an interview to the St. Louis Chess Club YouTube channel, Neiman said, I think Carlson was just so demoralized because he's losing to an idiot like me. It must be embarrassing to the world champion to lose to me. I feel bad for him. The following day, Carlson tweeted that he had withdrawn from the tournament. It was the first time he'd ever pulled out of a competitive chess event he added that he enjoys the St. Louis Chess Club and looks forward to coming back. Carlson included a short video of Portuguese chess coach Jose something or other saying, if I speak, I am in big trouble. Uh, many in the chess world interpreted Carlson's tweet as the Norwegian grandmaster accusing Neiman of cheating. But it's unclear how Neiman may have cheated. The match, like all matches in the Sinkufield Cup, were broadcast live. American chess grandmaster Akaru Nakamura created a YouTube video outlining his theory as to why Newman's unusual strategy was, to Nakamura's mind, evidence he might have been cheating. Uh, Vice referred, referenced the idea involving a hypothetical player using vibration-based buttons in the player's shoes to communicate with a chess engine. The chess engine is a computer program that can be used to analyze the configuration of pieces on a chessboard and suggest moves to a human player. The vibrating shoes morphed into the notion that Neiman was communicating using a prostate massager. <laughs> Tesla and SpaceX CEO Elon Musk took to, took this as his cue to enter the fray. As soon as you mentioned anal beads uh, or prostate massage, Elon Musk will be there. It's like saying Bloody Mary in a mirror. In a tweet that has since been deleted, Grimes' ex-husband uh, augmented a quote from the 19th century German philosopher Arthur something other to fit uh, the current controversy quote talent has a target no one else can hit genius had a target no one else can see <laughs> because it's in your butt <laughs> other theories about how Newman may have cheated include that he was tipped off about Carlson's surprise opening of and it, it gives a chess coordinates Neiman was prepared for the opening and some believe it may have been leaked 
Analysis of the gameplay between Neiman and Carlson show both making mistakes, which would seem to indicate that Neiman did not use a computer aid. In the week, wake of the cheating allegations, the Sing Q Field Cup organizers began broadcasting the matches on a 15-minute delay and taking additional security measures. Uh, plus, Neiman, despite uh, Carlson never confirming accusations of cheating, has been banned from Chess.com the largest chess site in the world, and was uninvited from the Chess.com Global Championships, a $1 million event. On Sunday, Iranian-born chess grandmaster, can't say it, won the Sinku Field Cup, taking home the $100,000 grand prize. Uh, Another player who, like Newman, is a 19-year-old, seems to avoid any allegations of cheating in his victory. Uh, the Sinquefield Cup is named for Rex Sinquefield, a former supporter of the Libertarian Chess and a very rich man. Who cares? The tournament is a 10-player round-robin with the top three players taking home cash prizes. It doesn't sound like there's like any evidence of this guy truly cheating, though, does it? I, I, think, it's, no. I think it's just because somebody said anal beads <laughs> and prostate massage that this has taken off. You know, and it really looks to me like somebody's just really ass hurt that they got their ah. fucking shit handed to them by a fucking by 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 a nineteen year old. Like that's that's really what this is starting to look like. But like the, I thought that there was going to be a little bit more civil stake here. But the, but well, the funny thing is they they've, ban- they've banned him from the website. They've banned him from the world championships. But it doesn't sound like there's actually any evidence. Yeah. And, you know, I I really hope that they got their ducks in a row, man. Because if they don't, I wouldn't let this go easy if I were that kid. Like, no. <laughs> if, I, if, if they, like, when it comes out and he's done nothing wrong. Now, if he did do something wrong, then shame on you. You got caught. Eat your shit sandwich. You know, that's why you're on the podcast. But if you didn't get caught or, you know, if you if you didn't do anything. Then I would I wouldn't let this go at all. I'd scan this. this, I'd take them to the fucking cleaners, man. I'd be like three hundred fifty thousand dollar prize. You wish you would have paid it. You wish you wish that's all you owed me. Yeah. Yeah, when you like, when you're talking you about wish. when you're talking about pots that big, and now you're banned from competition, and, and that's the thing too. Like it, it, somebody who goes into uh, let's just say Major League Baseball, you know, they talk about oh this guy's the oldest player on the team at 36. Holy, he's he's up there. I mean, 36 isn't that old, folks. Uh, in chess, there is no ages. I mean, you're you're playing until you die. So you know, you're you're taking someone's career at 19 years of age and he's a grandmaster. He means he's one of the best players in the flipping world. And now you're taking that away from him. You better have some real, real good evidence. He has something up his butt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then you got like, again, you know, we're, we're sitting here laughing and joking about the kid without actually like knowing whether or not he did anything. I actually kind of, kind of think that he's in the podcast a little early to be honest with you i think all these naysaying motherfuckers should just step back a little bit fall back some before and let 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 the dust settle on this one before you start you know throwing anal beads out there 
the moment you know, that's the only reason the story is really taking traction is someone said Ed anal beads and everyone's like Ooh, he said butt stuff <laughs> and then Elon Musk got involved yeah so that's that's where the whole thing comes from now there is no evidence yet doesn't sound like there's going to be what are you gonna do check his butt for anal tears check his house to see if yeah. there's, see if there's any electronic devices that smell like poo I mean <laughs> I don't be- I, I don't believe that the man flower is equipped with a hymen there's no <laughs> like <laughs> I may have to clip that and add it to the soundboard. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but really? Like how do you even fucking check for that? Like I get what you're saying. <laughs> like what are you gonna do? Have like somebody from the Ace Ventura when nature calls cast come out there? We we have some, like we do we have some like you know indigenous tribe from somewhere that can actually examine this? You know, uh, yeah. I, it's you know it just sounds to me it really sounds to me like somebody is literally butthurt to the point where they're going to throw anal beads out there over the fact that a nineteen year old kid took some 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 other chess champion to the fucking cleaner. And you know what? I hope he did. I hope this is all legit and that this kid has all his ducks in a row and that he's just that good at fucking chess. I'm not, you know, come on, people. This is something to be celebrated, not joked about. You know, I mean, gosh, you know, yeah. I'm going to look for remote control anal beads now, Buck. So I think we're going to have to go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, folks, I just want to remind everyone that it does not cost you anything to listen to the Social Liability Cast podcast. The only thing we ever ask that you pay is attention. And if you could occasionally tell a friend, that would be very helpful. You could also listen to our second podcast, which is called The Subcockles or Reddit, which Buck over here is the host of, where we analyze stuff from the subreddit, such as relationship advice and Am I the Asshole? All that being said, folks, I am the Raz. He is the Buck. Wishing you all a happy and safe week. And we'll catch you on the next episode of the Social Liability Podcast.